In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the status of Tom Wilson. Looks like he's going to be missing quite a bit of time. And then later in the show, we are going to talk about the interference rule in the NHL. Why do the refs have such a hard time getting it right? It seems like it's a black or white thing. Why is it often so many times seen as gray? We'll talk about that next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So just some news around the podcast is that this is the off season, and uh, there's, uh, you know, not a ton of activity, but there is some activity from here and there. And uh, so just some big shows coming up uh, in the coming weeks here. I have, uh, we're going to be talking the draft. I have someone from the Hockey Writers coming on. I have Stars and Sticks back on here. I have the Caps Chirp podcast on here. I'm going to have Andrew from NBC Sports Washington. So make sure and keep listening and or watching. It's going to be a fun summer uh, with Locked On Capitals. So in this episode, we are going to talk about Tom Wilson. Uh, as we all know, he got injured uh, in that series against the Florida Panthers in game one. And uh, he never came back. And that was kind of the worrisome part is that he left the ice and, uh, you know, he kind of came out during uh, intermission and he skated around a bit, but he couldn't. He couldn't come back and play. He was too injured, and then he didn't even come back the entire series. And I think that ultimately, as Capitals fans, we were kind of holding on to hope and uh, hoping that he would come back. Each day we, I was watching Twitter or I was watching the press conferences, I was hoping for any good news that Tom Wilson was going to return. And uh, alas, it was not meant to be. The Capitals got eliminated in round one, and Tom Wilson never did make his return. And then in the post-game presser and uh, kind of just uh, when they were talking about the season wrap, uh, they were talking about and they talked to Brian McClellan and they talked to Tom Wilson, as a matter of fact, as well. And uh, they've all said that there was actually really no chance he would have ever come back, at least not in that series. But just based on the nature of his injury uh, and the fact that he's going to have major surgery uh, done on that, and we'll talk about that later in the show, it, it sounds like he would have never come back uh, at all in this postseason. So that begs the question, uh, Caps Nation is, you know, and just kind of a general question, I guess, is why didn't they just come out and say that Tom Wilson is done for the rest of the season? Uh, I don't know if it was to foil the plans of the Florida Panthers or what it was, but as Caps fans, and I think I can speak for at least most of the Capitals fans, I think we were all kind of uh, holding out hope that uh, Tom Wilson was going to come back. Um, and the fact that they weren't uh, decisive in their answer and not just saying, you know, Tom is done for the season kind of kind of made us hold on to hope. Because if you look back on the injury with Alex Ovechkin, um, I mean, it was a little bit more transparent there in his press conference. It was kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. Uh, yeah, I might be coming back. 
Um, but that was one of the things I guess I would say is I wish that they were a little bit more upfront and honest with Capitals fans to say, in fact, no, Tom's not coming back uh, in this series. And as it turns out, he's going to be missing uh, quite a bit of time. So there's a lot of questions uh, that abound for the Washington Capitals is that uh, if he, in fact, is not going to be coming back for a lengthy period of time, who is going to fill the role that he fills? Um, if you think about it and you just took look at the intangibles and, and everything that Tom Wilson brings to the table, there's many things that he brings to the table. It's not just the physical game. It's not that he's willing to drop the gloves, you know, to stand up for himself or one of his fellow teammates. He's a great goal scorer and a, a real leader on that Washington Capitals team. And I believe that uh, he will be the future captain of the Washington Capitals. He has that uh, leadership quality about him. And I think that he's had a really great mentor uh, in the form of Alex Ovechkin. So th that's what I'm saying is that there's going to be a huge void on this Washington Capitals team until he returns. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just an unfortunate thing. If you saw the injury, it didn't really look um, like the sort of injury, uh, you know, collision that would cause an injury of that magnitude. Uh, and he kind of injured himself, it looked like. It looked like he was going in to check someone uh, and they moved out of the way and he smashed into the boards is what I saw. So just kind of a really um, unfortunate uh, turn of events for, for Tom Wilson and the Washington Capitals, to be honest with you. So now he goes about a long summer, um, kind of with some uncertainty and uh, the time frame. And when he comes back, we'll talk about that later in the show. But just some really bad news as we head into the summer here on Tom Wilson. Uh, you know, kind of what I'm looking forward into the summer is I'm looking for bigger and better moves. I want to hear some great news about them shoring up the, the goalie position. I want to hear some, you know, big acquisitions and kind of bracing myself for some uh, big departures from this team. Because I think that that's what it's about mostly is, and I think that Washington Capitals fans have got to get used to that, is that there's going to be some big names leaving the team. But uh, in, in so doing so, that also means that that's going to create some more opportunity for a lot of other players. Um, if any of you are fans of the Washington Nationals, there's all sorts of rumors swirling around that Juan Soto might be getting traded. Uh, and we actually might have locked on Nationals on in a couple of weeks here, too. And I'll talk to him about that. But, you know, sometimes you got to look at the return. You know, you take a look at the, the Washington Nationals and you look at Juan Soto and you think to yourself, I, I can't imagine that team without him. He's just such, you know, a leader. And for such a young man, he's really kind of taken on a huge role. Um, and, uh, you know, what they talk about in that podcast, too, is if you look around uh, the stadium, who do you see? You see, uh, you see a lot of Soto jerseys and you still see a lot of Harper jerseys. So, I mean, that's what I'm talking about is that, you know, there's big names out there. And uh, one of the things they're talking about is trading Juan Soto. And uh, it's the return that the Washington Capitals would get in their uh, most recent podcast on Lockdown Nationals. It was a great crossover uh, episode. If there's any Nationals fans in the audience here, go over and check it out. Is the return, the haul that they would get for Juan Soto. So how I'm going to transition this back to the Washington Capitals is, is that there are some big names that could leave the Washington Capitals. However, they might get a huge haul for a big name player that's going to leave. Now, I'm not trying to indicate that someone like, um, you know, Alex Ovechkin is going to leave, but it could be someone substantial. It could be someone like a John Carlson. Um, it could be a TJ Oshie. We really don't know. But just you got to kind of widen the lens here a little bit and take a look at what the haul would be. I mean, if this team could improve drastically by moving a bigger piece, is it worth it? Um, I kind of tend to think it is in this. Uh, what we're trying to do here is about rebuilding and getting younger and get adding some skill players as well. I mean, you don't want, you know, uh, the Washington Nationals is a really good example to me of kind of a rebuild that was done poorly. 
uh, what they did is they kind of gutted the system and they got rid of all the veterans. And uh, there's not too many veteran players left. I mean, there might be some veterans of uh, AAA or AA in there, but there's not a lot of seasoned major league veterans. So that's what the Washington Capitals want to do is they want to go about this tactfully. Uh, and I think it can be done well. You know, I've referenced the New York Rangers, who I think uh, did a really good job with that. But that's what I'm talking about is, you know, the change that's coming on this team uh, is is looming. And I think that, you know, ultimately that that might end up happening, that you see a bigger name move on um, with with the team. And uh, but but, you know, kind of seeing the forest from the trees is what do they get in return? And it was a crazy thing in the on that Nationals podcast when they talked about and they theorized uh, what kind of return that they could get on a Juan Soto. So that's what I'm talking about is that it may be painful, you know, uh, it, in these kind of situations, they always are, but just kind of try to have some perspective. Is this team getting better or are we upset that they get rid of a big name because we have uh, sentimental uh, feelings associated with them? So that's just kind of something to kind of prepare yourself for. I do think that there is going to be some jaw dropping changes this summer. And I think that, uh, you know, it's going to catch a lot of Caps Nation by surprise. And uh, but that's what I'm saying is we got to get ready for the the big changes that are coming on this team that, you know, are inevitably coming because uh, change is needed. All right. After the break here, we are going to talk a little bit more about the length of Tom Wilson's absence uh, and just uh, what was discussed in the presser today. But first, we've been asking and built delivered built granola bars are here. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate, peanut butter, chocolate, coconut, and white chocolate berry. Want to try all three flavors? You can get a mix box right now at built.com. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. Built granola bars are loaded with granola. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness, but just like the bars and the puffs, these babies are packed with protein and covered in 100% chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars will change your world. Built has cracked the code to getting better granola. They're the perfect healthy snack to pack your lunch, take on the road, or eat as a snack. And they are made with a collagen-based protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of benefits. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is the time. Head to Built.com right now and get the Built Granola Bar's three delicious flavors to dry. Chocolate peanut butter, coconut, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. you got to get yours today. So go to Built.com to get Built Granola Bars now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcasts, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So in this next segment, we are going to talk about the severity of uh, Tom Wilson's injury and uh, kind of some up, uh, updated news. Uh, this was a post in Washington Hockey. Now the Washington Capitals announced Wednesday that Tom Wilson has undergone successful surgery to reconstruct a torn ACL in his left knee. Wilson's expected recovery timeline is six to eight months. He is not expected to be ready in time for training camp and will miss significant time to open the 2022-23 season. And, uh, you know, I got to say, you know, I'm not real happy about it, of course. Um, just because, you know, we kind of are in this uh, point of transition and how the season ended this past year 
uh, kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. So just to start next season without Tom Wilson in the lineup is kind of a buzzkill, I got to be honest with you. Because, you know, every time you go into a new season, there's that feeling of optimism, like, you know, we're going to go and get him, and, uh, you know, the Capitals are going to play so well. But when an integral person and player in the team like Tom Wilson is missing, uh, his presence is will be missed. The 28-year-old, 28-year-old suffered the torn ACL early in the first period of Game 1 in the first-round series against the Florida Panthers. Wilson said he was going in for a hit on Mackenzie Weger. He tried to slow down and pivot. He turned to get on his left leg and felt his knee tweak. That marked his final shift of the season as he exited the game early and would not return after skating just 1 minute and 31 seconds uh, and scoring the series' opening goal on the power play. And that was kind of just that big moment in the game, if you remember back, because there were all kinds of boos and everything uh, against Tom Wilson because he was. He was a bull in the china shop in game one there. And then, uh, you know, that physical presence was missed for the next couple games, and then Alex Ovechkin stepped it up. But that's what I've talked about, in the, you know, in these past few podcasts is how much different would that series have been if Tom Wilson wasn't absent? You know, I think that it could have been a game changer. I don't know if they necessarily would have won the series but I do think that they would have at least won uh, at least one or two more games. So that's what I'm talking about. He has that sort of impact on the team. And uh, that, that, that's why I'm kind of, you know, like I said, a little upset and, you know, um, you know, disappointed, I guess it's not anyone's fault, but you know, just as a fan, you know, I would love for Tom Wilson to be in the lineup for training camp in game one. It was kind of a weird kind of freak thing. It just kind of sucked that it happened at this time. Wilson said on breakaway day, I was pretty good all season and then kind of a freak thing. Your guess is as good as mine. I tried to tried it out and it was no good. And uh, that was what I was talking about is he kind of came out and did a little spin there. And he's like, you know, this isn't going to work. And in that situation, I mean, he did the right thing. I think just going out there and, you know, aggravating that injury would have definitely not been the right idea. But, you know, you listen to a lot of these um these professional players, you know, especially Alex Ovechkin, you know, a lot of times he was just getting shot up with stuff, you know, to, to numb the pain. And they play through substantial injuries oftentimes. And I, you know, to their detriment, I think a lot of times, um, I think that if maybe they, they left early, earlier that, uh, you know, maybe they could get over their injuries or what's ailing them quicker. Uh, but I'm not a medical trainer or a doctor. I'm just kind of the guy on the sidelines observing what I see. Despite the injury, Wilson skated twice and was trying everything to return to the lineup and try to help the team and had been listed as day-to-day. However, he was unable to get back into the lineup as the Capitals suffered their fourth consecutive first-round exit. And uh, that's what I'm saying. I think that the Capitals could have definitely benefited uh, from having um, Tom Wilson in the lineup. I don't really think that's up for debate. We have a great training staff, good doctors. And it was one of those things where I was trying to be in a unique situation or the odd person that can do it. Wilson said, you get a brace and you go out there and there's a chance. So I was trying everything I could. I just wasn't able to do it. And, uh, you know, if you know Tom Wilson, I mean, he is a tough guy. And I don't I don't think that he would push the easy button ever. I think that he was really hurt. And I think that uh, he did the right thing ultimately. Um, sometimes as guys and, you know, professional athletes, you feel the need to to be a tough guy and play through injury. And, you know, I'm the leader of the team. But also if it means that you're going to be injured worse, 
um, then I think you got to do the right thing, you know, and I think that he did do the right thing. You know, I'm just a, a fan of the Capitals and I'm upset about the outcome of the series, but ultimately Tom Wilson should luck out for Tom Wilson. And, uh, you know, that's all you really can do at the end of the day. Wilson is coming off a career year in which he dished a career high 24 goals, 28 assists and 52 points through 78 games. His, perf- his performance earned him an Olympic consideration as well as a trip to the 2022 NHL All-Star Weekend. He broke the record for the fastest goal in all-star game history this season as well. And uh, just kind of, you know, a milestone season for the Capitals. If you look at back at the uh, big milestones for Ovechkin and Backstrom and Wilson, it was just um, a really special uh, season. Uh, it was just unfortunate they didn't get the outcome they were looking for. In more ways than one, my summer sucks now. I'm kind of a guy to have the uncertainty was tough. It's going to be a grind for me, Wilson said, adding, as an athlete, it's always nice to have goals and a clear mindset of what you need to do. We're getting there, and the doctors will go from there. And, uh, and well, that's that's what it is. He's, a, he's going to have to miss uh, some substantial time for surgery. But, I mean the healing process starts now. I mean, if he just kind of delayed, then uh, that's just going to push his return out even further. So it, it's a bummer for him that his summer sucks now, as, to quote him. But uh, it's about the healing process and getting better. And uh, that's what we can hope for. It's just bigger and better things for Tom and, and the Washington Capitals. Um, and, I, you know, like I say, I think that he did the right thing. It's just, it's really kind of unfortunate that it happened. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the goalie interference rule. Why is it so hard for the NHL referees to get it right? Uh, Why? Why can't they get it right? It seems so black and white. Why do they see gray so often? But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So in this following segment, this last segment of the show, we are going to talk about, and this was a story that was in the Bleach Report I thought was kind of interesting. And they talk about, and I noticed this, when they get the game, when you're watching the game, why is the interference on the goalie so hard for them to determine? You know, ultimately, if you take a look at the injuries, uh, I mean, there's been some big ones or not maybe necessarily injuries, but uh, Bennington uh, for St. Louis and also Smith uh, was really smashed into. And, uh, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Those weren't necessarily um, interference per se, but I mean, it was definitely like a roughing the goalie type situation. Um, but I guess it would be interference because if it impedes their ability to stop the puck, then I think that's what it's all about. But it's just kind of surprising that they can't get it right. Rule 69.1 in the official NHL rulebook, interference on the goalkeeper is one of the most difficult rules to understand and one of the most difficult to determine as an official. It's a 381 words, and that doesn't even include the rule 69.2 and 69.8, which are supposed to provide clarity and context for every situation involving goalies interference. No wonder it seems like no one knows what's going on. 
Each year, the Stanley Cup playoffs cast a shadow on the officials who are tasked with determining what is and what is not goalie interference. And it's not just the officials on ice. Fans might love it to yell, ref, you suck. But oftentimes, it's the league officials in the Situation Room in Toronto making the final calls when a challenge is initiated for a goalie interference. And, you know, I mean, I think they're trying to do their level best to get it right. Um, you know, because, I mean, if you think of all professional sports, they most of them nowadays, they have a backup where they're like, well, maybe we missed it. Let's check with Toronto or let's check with wherever their official um, rule keeper is. Um, so I think that they're trying their best to do it. And, you know, I think that once we get to the playoffs and the Stanley Cup, I think that that's all ratcheted up. They want to get it so right. Um, but sometimes, you know, like I say, I talked about this, you know, a month or so ago is sometimes you can call too tight of a game. You know, in order for an NHL game to be exciting or any professional sport, I guess, is to kind of call a game, but don't call it too tight. You know, if they were to call everything, take a look at an NBA game. There is traveling all over the place. I'm talking about when the guy has the basketball and doesn't dribble it pretty much between the free throw line and the basket and just slams it. Yeah, no, there's no traveling there. So, I mean, there is some blurred lines and, you know, out there and, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, and that's the, the NBA. That's a prime example of why they're trying to get it right. Because if they knew that they called that traveling all the time, that's going to be, you know, that's going to make for a more boring game. And they're trying to create a more exciting product. Well, I think that's also true in the NHL. And I think they're trying to get it right. But oftentimes I think they get it wrong. Um, perhaps official in the situation room in Toronto, you suck is too wordy of a chant. Fair enough. We know that the NHL has been in the midst of an officiating crisis for a few years now, but the one set of standards in particular can have more of a direct effect on the outcome of games than maybe something like a missed cross check or an errant hook. The New York Rangers might have won the first game of their opening round series against the Pittsburgh Penguins in regulation had a goal not been disallowed. Instead, they played a triple overtime thriller and backup goalie Louis Domingue stole the game for Pittsburgh. And what wasn't that a great story? I don't know if you guys followed that at all. I listened to a ton of NHL radio, so I, I heard all about it. Uh, and they talk about it that Louis Domingue, who was, you know, kind of the the backup to the backup, was eating, I, I want to say it was like fried rice and chicken or something. And uh, he was thrust into action. But, and, you know, all things considered, Louis Domingue, who was, uh, you know, a veteran of the NHL, uh, I think kind of played admirably uh, considering the circumstances. And he kind of kept Pittsburgh in the series. So that's what I'm talking about, you know, just to kind of to veer off topic here a little bit. But, you know, having... Uh, a good number three goalie is also a good thing. So it's not always necessarily number one or number two. You have to have a great number three because when you make it to the playoffs and you know, the, you know, what hits the fan, you, you got to be ready. And you know, it, it on paper, it didn't look like Louis Domingue would have been the good option uh, for the Penguins, but he turned out to play uh, pretty well. So getting it back to what I'm talking about here, though, Carolina Hurricanes coach Ron Brigamore would have bet his life on Jake DeBrus' goal in game four of the series against the Boston Bruins being overturned, but the NHL said the incidental contact was allowable. Uh, so Rod Brindamore, you know, he's kind of a tough guy out there as well. Uh, if you don't know, take a look at his nose. You can tell that he's dropped the gloves a few times and been on the, you know, on the receiving uh, end of a, a good beatdown. So in game one of the Lightning Panthers series, Anthony Sorelli clipped Florida Panthers netminder Sergei Bravrovsky in the head, but the goal was upheld after review. So that's what I'm talking about is I do think that they're trying to get it right. And, you know, ultimately, I think that, you know, the fans of any given team are a bit biased, you know, like, no, that is a penalty or this is that for my team. You're looking out for the best interest of your team, of course. 
Um, but in the process of all that, you got to admit and you got to know that, you know, the referees are not perfect. They're not going to get it right 100% of the time. You got to be all right with that because that's the way sports are. You can't get everything unless you want robots calling games. And they've even experimented with that. And guess what? The robots get it wrong too. So we just got to kind of, you know, go with, go with the flow and know that I think that ultimately the refs are trying to get it right. It's just sometimes they don't. All right. Thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Uh, Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL, from first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available on all platforms. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. This is the summer. And I'm going to have some fun with it. I'm going to have all kinds of great guests. I already have like six different guests lined up that are going to be between now and through mid-June and probably late June. So, you know, that's what I'm talking about. There's not a lot of games to talk about. So just getting some input from some many, you know, different writers and, and podcasters. You know, there's a lot of great, you know, even Capitals podcasts. I want to have them all on the show at some point because I think that, you know, I, like I said, it's the summer of fun. And I want to have a little fun with this podcast as well because the season is looming. You know, the training camp start in the fall and then next thing you know it's going to be breaking down games every night so let's have a little fun this summer shall we anyway thank you for joining me on this edition of locked on capitals and i'll talk to you next time